0: to. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy30.
1: Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky
2: It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker on the BetQL Audio Network. This is BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker with you on a Thursday. Thank you for listening to the BetQL Audio Network. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Never miss an interview, never miss an episode. You can do that uh, by checking out iTunes, Spotify, or the podcaster of your choice. Just search BetQL Daily. We're here weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time, live on the Radio.com app, live on YouTube, on the Radio.com sports page, and on 1430 in Denver. Now we welcome on to the show the executive producer, and uh, it's his time of year, Eli Herskovich. He co-hosts the BetQL podcast. What's up, Eli? What's up, guys, especially Ross? How are we doing today?
0: You know what, Eli? Um, uh, I'm, I'm not doing great, and there's several reasons for that. Number one are the technical issues. Number two, I would have loved to have asked that Anthony guy, you know, how he got into sports betting, but I'm not allowed. And then number three, (laughs) um, but number three, most importantly, Eli, I have to give out my lightning bet now because I have exactly two lightning bets today. Florida State over Duke. Boom. Nailed that one. That's already a win for me. No, seriously though. That's an under. (laughs) I had Florida State over Duke. And then the other one I had was, which I don't feel, my best bet of the day, Joe, was Florida State over Duke. Do I get credit for that or not? Zero. Okay. So then my next one, my next one is I'll take Maryland over Michigan State. But doesn't the game start in like 15 minutes? So I got to say it's already started. It's already underway.
1: Yeah. Yikes. Oh
0: my gosh. What time? was? I thought it was noon.
1: Maybe you should pay your attention time. to what times the games are actually starting instead of complaining about everything else.
0: All right. So I don't know the score, but I still like Maryland. Um, I don't think Michigan state's very good. They don't have a point guard and Maryland, like Anthony said, handled them last time. I like Maryland in that game. They're probably down by like 17 already, but I like Maryland. 12 to four. Uh,
1: MSU. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they are losing by a bunch
0: 12 <laughs> 4. See, think about that, Joe. Rather than being focused on the show, Eli is watching Michigan I, I, State. Maryland. See, here's the thing imagine, I'm a, I'm imagine, imagine being and I have the focused on bet. something other than the show I have the points when you're bet the executive website producer.
1: On. See, if you could let me talk because I'm talking now, it's my segment. I have the points bet website up, <laughs> My segment. so therefore the score is up as well.
2: <laughs> my segment. It's not Ross's
1: segment, but that's for sure.
2: He just told you, shut up. Uh, all right, Eli, Uh, let's look. I guess this is big picture. So stuff we might run into, like we did today with Duke. They get a positive test. Their season's over. Now, all of a sudden, they're not making the tournament. Instead of having the conversation of how many games does Duke need to win to get in, the season is a wrap. And uh, no matter what Steve Lavin said, uh, I couldn't even believe what he was saying. What last was time. that? I love Lavin. What, lav. what love the, the hell? Guy. I like Steve Laventine. He's a terrific guy. I usually think he's really good at his job. He was on FS1 last night doing some studio work saying, you got to put Duke in the tournament because, um, well, I can't imagine a tournament without Duke. Thanks for the analysis.
1: Right. Yeah, that that was pretty rough. Um, I, He must be friends with Coach K or something because there's no other explanation for Jeez. that. And now guess what? They're not getting in, so.
2: Yeah. um, What what did you think about what they said if we run into the, these issues and how uh, the, they're all going to handle this moving forward? Like, what if we have an elite eight game and the day of we find out about positive tests?
1: Right. So on Selection Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, they're going to announce the next four in. So if one of these teams like let's say Duke was to make the tournament or this was the NCAA tournament today, they would be taken out and one of those next four teams would be put. I guess the the number one of the next four teams would be put in uh, put into Duke's spot. There would be no reseeding, so it would be somewhat of an advantage, I guess, for the higher seed. But then again, you're not prepping for the team at all. I actually think it actually plays to the dog. The more I the more I kind of break this thing down, especially because we're going to get an inflated line with the higher seed. But then Eli, just for clarity, once the games start once
0: the first four like those games start after that if you have an issue you just
1: forfeit right you forfeit but like we just explained you forfeit but then one of those next four teams gets in so there is the first four on thursday but then the committee will release another group of teams uh, another group of four teams that would be the next four in and one of those teams would slot into uh a spot if there was a COVID issue like there is today, would do.
0: Oh, hold on a second, hold on a second. You're telling me if we're in the Sweet 16 or we're in the Elite Eight, and a team can't play that Sunday, just, they're going to slot somebody else in? Just round of
1: 64. That's the protocol for round. That's of what I'm saying.
0: That's what I'm saying. Once the games start and the bracket starts, and like th- they start playing the tournament, they're not inserting one of these other four teams out in the middle of nowhere in Sweet 16, right?
1: Correct. That's my assumption that there would be a forfeit. Obviously, the the NCAA is doing everything in its power to to uh, not make that happen. But then again, we just saw it today with Duke, and you know everyone's getting COVID tests, everyone's getting the vaccine. But obviously, something went wrong yesterday, and you hope it's not. I mean, just the worst case that after that sort of a win, that they did something off the court and caused this sort of a thing.
2: But as long as they have five players, they're playing right. Like that's the bottom line. These these teams moving forward. I don't know the roster
1: limit, but I would assume the minimum is six. No, five
2: that are are able to
0: go. No, No, they five. Five. I I saw you didn't see that, Eli. It's five. That's the rule. I thought I saw
1: six. Okay, I thought you needed one better player.
0: Five players you can play.
1: Um, My thing is this: they are letting some fans in, right, Eli? Correct. So, if you watched any of these conference tournaments yesterday, (laughs) they have like the lower bowl kind of camped out and then above that like the section above that the lower level you have fans there but it's very spaced out
0: right so my thing is like somebody like you who loves college hoops like theoretically if you're in Indianapolis over the next three weeks you could go to like 30 or 40 basketball games
1: I guess I don't think I feel like if you I don't know the ticket regulations. Can we get to the games today, please? I don't care about whether I'll be attending 40 or 50 games in a day.
2: I did. I did. I saw some people on Twitter um, that I follow that said, Tickets secured, going to Indy, and they plan on going to a ton of games. And by the way, as long as we're talking about fans in the stands, congratulations to the Texas Rangers. They defeat COVID and they're going to have full stands on opening day. So, congratulations to the Rangers. I can't wait to see it. (laughs) You could have every seat (laughs) filled at the Texas Rangers game. Sometimes I don't know what world uh, we are living in. Okay. uh, I want to get to last night first, just (laughs) just real quick Uh, on the teams that lost yesterday. Those teams are any of them are, are you saying, okay, season over? Obviously the Duke thing is a little different. And, and they won the game. But uh like Xavier, these teams that went down yesterday, any of them officially out
1: now? Yeah, Xavier's done. Xavier's not making the tournament after losing yep. to Butler in overtime, blowing a 14-point second half lead. That was uh that was brutal. Um Yeah, I mean, just in terms of that, like, I think we get another Mountain West team. in. then again, if one of these automatic qualifiers gets taken by an upset team, you know, a lower seed that only has to or that has to win the conference tournament to get in, can't get in at large, then things kind of change. Just kind of scrolling through yesterday. I mean, besides X, there was Duke is like you mentioned, there's. They're not getting in at this point. Louisville should be in Louisville is the other case, right? Because they lost to Duke yesterday. I still think they get into the first four. They were going to have a buy. They were going to be one of those four teams with a projected buy. But after the loss to Duke and now Duke likely being out of the tournament, um, I would expect Louisville to be in actually backtracking to what Ross mentioned just about how this process is going to take place. I think Duke might be maybe the last four in or the last next four in. If one of these teams in come the NCAA tournament next week, it's COVID. So maybe Duke does get in if there's a COVID situation next week. But besides that, Joe, no real tournament implications. UNC won they were going to be in. Notre Dame had to win out. Penn State has to make a deep Big Ten tournament run. Probably win the whole conference tournament to get in. They came back in the second half after trailing by 14 at the end of the first half to Nebraska. So no real tournament implications besides the Xavier one in terms of teams that will be on the outside looking in.
0: Eli, I watched a lot of college basketball last night. You you would be proud of me. And my question for you is, who do you like in the Patriot League championship game? (laughs) I
1: really like Loyola Maryland um I, Ooh, wish I dude that tall spanish kid yeah is, he is good because i i dude i watched eli i watched the
0: whole army loyola and then i watched bucknell colgate until bucknell was just so bad i couldn't even watch it anymore uh and then i switched over to penn state nebraska i watched a ton of college basketball last night
2: good for Somehow, you
0: i don't get the acc cha- network on my comcast i don't either what is I the deal it. with
1: that? I have YouTube TV. I have it. So well,
0: anyway, those are the games I watched. I was kind of hoping for Army, but that Loyola Joe was four and ten this season. They're the last seed in the Patriot League. They got a COVID win. Then they beat the number one seed. They beat the number four seed. They're not I don't think they're gonna beat Colgate, but evidently
1: Eli thinks they might. I mean, I think they'll cover the line. I don't know if the line is out for this game just yet. I'm looking at points bet. Yeah, I don't see it up just yet. For later today, I'll keep an eye on that uh, during this and the next segment. But, yeah, to your point, Santi Aldama, one of the more underrated bigs in terms of mid-major programs, he could really score. He put up 30-plus yesterday. Colgate shoots the heck out of the ball. And I don't know if either of you have been paying attention or seen some tweets out there about the net rankings with the committee. that they, they kind of factor in, kind of don't. But Colgate is number 13, which is ridiculous. Because you think about, yes, they beat Bucknell uh, yesterday. Blew him out. 14 point favorites, one by 30, but that was one of their only like single game opponents this year. They played army twice. They played Boston twice. They played Holy cross four straight times, army twice, Boston, U three times. So that was actually their first like single, single game opponent besides army, which was a double um, this entire season. So they've gotten to know, obviously from a scouting report perspective, they could shoot the heck out of the three ball, but If you can get 12 or 13 with Loyola, and I'm just waiting on the line to come out, Loyola-Maryland, by the way, 25-1 to to win the conference tournament coming into that one, uh, coming Mm -hmm. into the Patriot League tournament. I would go with Loyola-Maryland if you uh, you can get a good number on that.
2: Eli, we already have a few games underway. There are four more starting at noon Eastern for the live audience. Is there anything uh, starting in the next couple hours that you really like?
1: Yeah, so Syracuse starts, I believe, in... 10 minutes or so. So we might hit that game a little bit in the next segment, but I kind of like Hughes just from a a number perspective. Uh, They're getting five and a half against Virginia, total of 130, the Orange plus 195 on the money line. This is not a great matchup for the Orange because they run that 2-3 Bayheim zone. Virginia can shoot the three ball when they're on from three and they could beat that zone just like that. Then again, with that Virginia pack line defense, if Syracuse is shooting like they were yesterday and they've been shooting like that, for three or four straight games. Buddy Bayheim, the son of Jim Bayheim, uh, had a big game yesterday, big first half. They really gave Syracuse the game. NC State, I bet him yesterday, not a good bet by me, but I think Syracuse can keep this thing within two possessions there. The juice is going towards Virginia, so I got 10 minutes to decide, but I lean towards Q's getting five and a half on points. Bet minus 105 is the current uh, juice right now.
2: All right, Eli's going to stick around because we have a lot of games to go over, all these conference tournaments. It's Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker. This is BetQL Daily, uh, getting a lot of picks from Eli next. Don't go anywhere. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network. BetQL and Radio.com have partnered up to help you beat the sports books. Use a promo code DAILY for 20% off any subscription. BetQL tells you which side professional bettors are picking. Provides real-time line movement and historical betting results. Promo code DAILY, 20% off any subscription. We are on Twitter at BetQL, DAILY at BetQL. DAILY, our guest is our executive producer, Eli Hershkovich, continuing the conversation with this uh, conference tournaments already underway here on Thursday morning, there's a few going on, a few more starting in a, a matter of minutes. And Eli Herskovich, I can't believe uh, this was not the lead, but I want to give you big congratulations uh, to yourself, the DePaul Blue Demons, and one of the greatest head coaches in the nation. Wow. One day, Dave Lato, moving on, uh, the Blue Demons advance. They will be taking on and probably pummeling UConn later this evening. You know, I got I to say, Joe, if – if there is a line that I wish I could take, I would
1: actually like to take DePaul today because I mentioned this yesterday within the context no, no, of the Big No, East no, 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 no
2: room on the bandwagon. Get no, out. Not, they they win in a tournament and you're jumping back I'm not on. jumping like, on any bandwagon. Like 20 again, like, oh, yay, DePaul. We're, no, we're going to get the pom-poms out like you used to. Okay. I don't care about that. I just, I don't,
1: the, the market is inflating UConn a ton right now. When you look at that price and when you think about the Villanova injuries with Gillespie or Moore, like they're the favorite at some books to win the Big East tournament after what happened yesterday and uh, with the adjustment again with the Creighton stuff and of course with the Villanova injuries. So I just think that line's inflated at around 12 and a half of the market clearly does too. Charlie Moore looked really good last night. DePaul's point guard, a Chicago kid transferred from Cal, the Kansas to DePaul. Now he played well and they have a good uh, uh, transfer as well from the uh, Missouri Valley conference um, in Valpo in Javon Freeman-Liberty. They have a good backcourt when they're healthy. They had a lot of COVID stuff this year, but I do think the market is inflating UConn to the point where, if you go back to Paul, I think it's bettable.
2: I can't wait for them to win.
1: That'd be disgusting.
2: <laughs> but I, I kind of, I, I hate the
1: UConn love too in the marketplace because I don't think they're that good. Um, yeah. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be that opposed. I mean, Eli, is Villanova just done? I don't think so. From a... From a matchup standpoint today, the market is in love with Georgetown, in love with the Hoyas today. That line opened at around nine, soft opener of nine. I would say at most books it opened at eight and a half. Now it's down to six and a half. That game about to tip off. Georgetown does not match up well from a from an X's and O's standpoint because Villanova can stretch them out with their bigs, and Georgetown's bigs aren't that athletic. They're very good down low, but uh, with Villanova's, you know, four, four and out kind of offense, even five and out offense that Jay Wright likes to run. Also, Jay Wright's had about a week to adjust without two pure ball handlers. Now it's it's tough because it's not like they have a go-to guy, but I feel like he might have some sort of adjustment and some something up his sleeve against Georgetown. But from a matchup standpoint, Villanova could expose Georgetown from three, but I do agree with the market because the eight and a half was a little bit inflated, especially with the way Georgetown played against Nova this year, should have covered twice. And their defense played really well against Marquette yesterday.
2: Eli, there are two other Big East matchups today. Seton Hall and St. John's. Butler versus Creighton. Creighton, uh, I don't even know how you bet that team right now. What what to expect there. They are double-digit favorites. Anything appealing in either of those matchups?
1: Yeah, I agree with Anthony about Seton Hall. I did add a Seton Hall to win the Big East tournament future yesterday grab that at about 13 to one. See, here's the weird thing about adjustments within conference tournaments. And Joe, you could relate to this through golf because before a guy even tees off, if whoever has a hot round, whatever, it could push uh, a, a golfer back from like 35, 30 to one to 40 to one before he even tees off. And Seton Hall hasn't played a game in the conference tournament, and it also has to do with the the market being in love with St. John's just as much as they are with UConn because Pasha Alexander, the defensive player of the year in the Big East in the in the conference, is back. So I I get why the market drove it down or drove it back up because of the St. John's love and I guess the UConn love as a result. But I think Seton Hall has some value to win the conference tournament at around thirteen to one. They're the most experienced or one of the most experienced teams. In the conference, pretty good guard play. Bryce Aiken, the Harvard transfer, looks healthy. Mamu Kalishvili, when Seton Hall can use him in the right spots, when they can operate in the half court, when they're slowing down the tempo a little bit and get him going down low, they can win this conference tournament. They have the experience and they have the talent to do it. And around 13 to 1, that was kind of the price point. Anything above ten to me, uh, ten to one to me was a buy point on the hall, and I grabbed that. I do think they win this game today against St. John's, obviously, but two and a half might be a little steep considering it opened around one. Um, it, I, it's within a possession, but I would lean Hall on the current spread, and I would I would bet them though at around maybe around maybe around like a half a unit to win the conference tournament at, at a, a thirteen to one or above anything that. Give me another
0: one. Eli uh whether it's one of the major conferences or the mid majors, I'm curious, would you rather watch like a mid-major final or a major conference like quarterfinal?
1: Yeah, I major conference quarterfinal. I guess both. I, I guess I would say a major conference quarterfinal. I Man, it depends what I have action. <laughs> on. If I don't look so a on a mid-major
0: that. He's so disgusted by the question. No, The only reason why I'm asking, obviously, it's what you have action on. But let's say you had no action, right? Like, I, I'm just much more interested in seeing these guys, like, that have a chance at their dream to make the tournament. And it's whatever it is, Loyola against Colgate. And if you win, you're in. If you lose, you're out. It's just so much more interesting to me than, like, a couple of sub-500 12 and 13 seeds going at it you know what I mean like I don't I don't care about those teams they stink they they don't deserve they're not going to the tournament they're not going to win their conference tournament
1: they might get to
0: the next round
1: you understand what I'm saying Eli yeah I guess I would take the major conference tournament game let's just say I had no action on either I would take the major conference tournament game just to watch as a college basketball fan
2: okay fair enough what about in the SEC uh, we're finally getting going here uh, with this conference tournament. I mean, what they have just uh, one game yesterday, Mississippi State, Kentucky already underway. And then we have three others, three others, Vandy, Florida, Georgia against Missouri and South Carolina takes on Mississippi.
1: Yeah, let's start off with the game that's just underway, I guess, if you want to grab anything live. So Kentucky closed as around a two and a half point favorite today against Mississippi State. The Bulldogs' backcourt is playing pretty well going into the SEC tournament or was playing pretty well. Molnar, their point guard, has had a pretty solid second half of the SEC uh, conference schedule. I-, I would try to grab Kentucky alive at anything plus money at this point. They, again, closed as around, uh, let's say, like minus 140 favorites. So I wasn't trying to grab that. I did grab Kentucky at around... Thirty to one to win the conference tournament that was early in the week that got bet down to around fifteen to one as as many of these public teams did like Michigan State uh, closed at around I think thirty to one to win the conference tournament they opened it around fifty to one to win the Big Ten uh, tournament so yeah I think from a from a value standpoint if you can get Kentucky at anything plus money if Mississippi State goes on a run here live like right now Miss State is up five three plus one ten on the money line they're they're at that price and the Kentucky minus one forty so just kind of monitor the line monitor the pricing and see where this thing goes live. i uh, looking at the rest of the conference tournament slate. I would love to be inclined to bet South Carolina today against Ole Miss, but it's so tough to back that, uh, to back that SC team because Frank Martin seems like he's kind of checked out just in terms of the way uh, an inside source kind of told me this. Another coach uh, told me go. this, that, I know I'm I'm being totally honest that they that Martin hasn't been allowed to coach the way he wants to. Like he's a very animated coach. He's also dealt with COVID a little bit this year, but they kind of want him. uh, They kind of wanted him to be a little more laid back. And I feel like that's kind of taken a toll on this team. Um, Maybe they didn't like it. I don't know what the issue is, but uh, Ole Miss's defense, regardless of what's going on with Martin, Ole Miss's defense should be able to dominate. Um, at that end of the floor against the South Carolina team that turns the ball over a ton. So I-, I lean, I guess, if you want to throw Ole Miss in a money line parlay, something like that, I lean the Rebels today at that kind of a price, but I will not be laying uh, around three possessions.
0: Um, What about Baylor, K-State? 20 points is a lot of points, Eli.
1: It is a lot of points. And K-State looked really good yesterday against TCU. Now, it's tough to say like what that actually means, because again, it's TCU. Their defense is pretty gross overall, even though they have a pretty good uh, lead guard in Nemhard. but K-State, their offense kind of clicked yesterday for the first time all season. They had Nigel Pack healthy. Antonio Gordon didn't even play, but Pack and McGirl had huge games from three, uh, combined seven to 14, seven to 13 from deep, and Pack had five, went five to six from three. So I, I I would say getting 20 is some decent value, but just the way that we played, or at least a little bit of value, but just the way that we saw Baylor play down the stretch, especially against Texas Tech. Now, Texas Tech on Sunday runs that no middle defense, and Baylor shot the lights out from three. So Baylor, the matchup just kind of drew towards Baylor because of the way they shoot from behind the arc, and Texas Tech allows a ton of threes. And when you can shoot that well, it, if you're having a good day, if if Maceo uh, if is going to shoot 10 of 11 from three, then it's just going to go your way. Texas Tech, again, kind of similar to K-State because K-State allows the second highest three-point scoring rate in Big 12 play. So as much as I want to say there's a little value in the Wildcats, I cannot bet against Baylor, even at that line.
2: This is BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker with Eli Hershkovich breaking down the conference uh right here on the BetQL Audio Network. And Eli, earlier I noticed that you tweeted out you'll be playing Texas getting one and a half. Now all week, our our listeners are aware of this, that you've been pumping up Texas to win the Big 12, that you like that, you bet it, but you're also betting game by game because you're taking Texas today. Uh, Did you consider just not betting this Longhorns matchup against Texas Tech since you're already invested in them? No,
1: because I think there's value in that line at plus one and a half. So I took the points, it might not seem like a lot, and I guess I get it if you want to sprinkle on the money line with Texas, but, or if you just want to bet the money line, uh, instead of betting, uh, the spread, but I took Texas getting one and a half, um, uh, against, uh, Texas tech, Texas tech won this regular season series from Texas. They, they swept it, uh, to zip. Texas tech came back from a 10 point first half deficit in the first matchup. Chris beard went to his zone in the second half and, Texas shot lights out in the first half, and I believe our last guest Anthony mentioned that they cooled off big time in the second half. I think they were even up like two possessions in the final two minutes, but Texas Tech forced a couple turnovers and were and the Red Raiders were able to come back in that game. But I, I think you're getting some revenge, uh, or a little revenge factor here with Texas coming into this one. They've again second halves have not been good to them for them against Texas Tech this season, but from a matchup standpoint. Texas Tech cannot match up uh, athletically with that Texas front court. I've been all over Texas for the latter part of the second half of the season. I got a future on them last week at 40 to one. Jericho Sims Kai Jones, Greg Brown, the freshman who's coming into his own defensively as a rim protector. I'm very high in Texas long term but I think this athleticism gives Texas Tech uh, fits today and getting around a possession, I guess I guess half a possession if you want to say a full possession in college basketball betting is three points. I think there's some value with Texas today. I think they win this game outright. Kansas, Oklahoma is going to be very interesting from a a standpoint of Kansas has no McCormick, but Oklahoma can kind of stretch them out. And uh, at the same time, Kansas, from an athleticism standpoint, they're going to run a five-out offense and then as a result, go five out on D. So it's pretty even from like a size standpoint and in terms of how both teams are going to match up because Brady Manick, Oklahoma's big runs at the five. I would lean Oklahoma getting two and a half points three points but not an official play for me just yet not an official play
0: by me me. uh pack 12 (laughs) pack 12 eli what do you got
1: yeah i lean towards Arizona state getting nine against uh oregon arizona state was able to backdoor and win the game outright from wazoo pretty bad washington state collapse yesterday um in the opening round of the pack 12 tournament it's it's tough to gauge Oregon just in terms of the line. I think the market might be inflating this thing a little bit, but Arizona State's offense does not have two of its best players. They're two freshmen, Marcus Bagley and Josh Christopher, both out for this game and have been out for, you know, the last four or five games and even even longer than that for Christopher. So I don't know if Arizona State has the offense to stick with Oregon, especially if Oregon can kind of set up its defense, run that two, three matchup zone, press a little bit. ASU still has their primary point guard, obviously, one of the better scorers in college basketball, and Remy Martin, but let's say he gets in foul trouble. Can you trust the rest of ASU's ball handlers? Alonjo Verge can be kind of erratic with the ball. So I do lean ASU getting three possessions, three full possessions, but not going to be a play for me, um, even though I think the market might be inflating the Ducks a little bit.
2: Eli, we only have time for one more. Anything else you want to hit? Could be uh, Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC, what's on your mind?
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm going to have another play today. Um, I was leaning towards Duke, actually, earlier today, but obviously that game canceled. Penn State, uh, going back to the Big Ten, I kind of like Penn State getting five and a half, but I do think this is a Wisconsin team that's pissed off losing five of their last six games. Kind of the same reason I didn't take Iowa State yesterday against Oklahoma, and the Cyclones ended up backdooring Uh, that spread of around 11, 11 and a half. But Penn State does match up well against Wisconsin. They split the season series. Their guards can really pressure the ball. They turn you over at a pretty high rate. But Wisconsin's backcourt did play better in the last game against Iowa with Trice and Davison. And again, this team has extra motivation, a senior-laden team, kind of similar to the point I mentioned with Seton Hall at the beginning when we were talking conference tournament futures. If you could find a Badger's at anything above 20 to one. I think that's bettable, but I do lean Penn state, but tough to bet against a Wisconsin team that has some motivation in the conference tournament.
2: Oh, we got music back. Thank you, Eli. Bye. No Add problem. Eli Hershkovich. <laughs> Eli Hershkovich on Twitter coast Uh the BetQLU QLU podcast. Make sure you are subscribed. Okay. There's your college buckets information that you need just days away from selection Sunday. We're going to switch gears a little bit and talk some pucks. Sony Banks will drop by to tell us about his picks for this 10 game slate. You're locked into the BecQL audio network.